Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. This is your host, Todd, and Jake is with us. How are you doing, Jake? Doing fantastic, Todd. Glad to be meeting with you tonight. Really excited tonight because we have Marsha Kendall on. We're going to listen to some of her stories and hear a little bit about her testimony, and then we'll have some questions and stuff also at the end. So, Marsha, how are you tonight? Hello. It's good to be on. Well, good. We're uh, we're excited, and um, uh, if there's anywhere you want to start, or we can start asking you questions. Well, uh, what would you like to know? I I don't know that I've got the answer, but I'll I'll uh, I'll share with you what I what I can. Why don't you uh, just uh, share your testimony, kind of what God's done in your life, where He's brought you, and we can kind of go from there. Well. Um... Goodness gracious, uh, I was a, uh, goodness gracious, you know what, this is something that I've had other people do for so many times, and now I'm put on the spot. <laughs> Share my testimony. My testimony is that the Lord took uh, took a hold of me, and um, when I wasn't taking a hold of him, I uh, met my husband from a party from First Baptist Church downtown Dallas. And uh, and then he, on a Monday night, he invited me back on a Wednesday night for church. And I went, and Dr. Criswell, uh, when I stood up, uh, told my husband he needed to go back there and meet me. Of course, he wasn't my husband then. But anyway, uh, long story short, John... And I married, and uh, I was like a lot. I was a young person, loving, uh, loving life, and I wasn't evil or uh, bad in so many ways. But I was just um, uh, not good either, you know. But I would wake up at, at night after we we married. I'd wake up, and he would be praying for me. Now uh, he did a no no. As a young Christian man, he he really should not have married me, but uh, he had stars in his eyes, and uh, at that time, I needed a place to live, and so I married him, and anyhow, I'd wake up, and he'd be praying for me, and uh, it made me nervous. I'd kick out at him, and uh, he'd get to where he'd hang on to my ankles, and I'd wake up, he'd be praying, hanging on to my ankle so I wouldn't kick him. But uh, you've got to realize I had, uh, you know, someone would say, well, why in the world if you were looking for a place to live, couldn't you have done something else? But uh, these, this was in a time when uh, money was very difficult to come by. I had uh, went, came to Dallas to find a job and to marry a fella and that I was engaged to, and he he dumped me. So uh, that is the the reality of it. The the nice thing to say is that <laughs> I was stood up. But uh, anyway, uh, I did get a job, and I was living with a lady that uh, was not of good character. And uh, in the meanwhile, the man that I was working for. Uh, uh, invited me to church, and that's how I got to that church party. So anyway, I would wake up, and John would have a hold of my ankles praying for me, and I decided real quick that uh, I had gotten into something I wanted out of. A long story short is that um, uh, in spite of me, the Lord was working on me, and uh I knew the way. I knew the way. I was like a lot of people who knew better, but uh, I was off to find my my own life, uh, separate and apart from Christ. And the Lord, the Lord took care of that too. <clears throat> we wound up uh, one night um, 
I woke up and he had a hold of my feet praying for me and crying, and he scared me because he was so desperate. He was crying, and I thought he was weak, and I told him he needed to find someone else, that I'd help him find him another wife, <laughs> that I wasn't, I wasn't uh, interested in staying married to him. And he told me, he said, uh, please, just go to church with me one time. I did, and the Holy Spirit had convicted my heart uh, ahead of time uh, when the invitation, by the way, I would not go to First Baptist. I didn't want to go where they knew us. They knew John very well, and John had been warned not to have anything to do with me and married me in spite of it. So... Uh, he was uh, he had not been obedient to do what he had been advised to do, and so we found a little church, went in. Uh, I said I'd go with him if he would take me to a place that neither one of us knew, and we went in, and they sandwiched us in between some folks on a Sunday morning, and the preacher was a pointer. And when he began to point, he pointed at me. And he was talking about sin and uh, many things. One of the things he said was, if you're having problems with your old man, that if we if we would uh, come to the front, God would help us. And I was having problems with my old man, John. So I thought they need to pray for him because he's more emotional than he needs to be. And uh, I think he was losing his mind. And so uh, I wanted them. They said they'd help take care of the old man. So I went down to help take care of John. And instead, the Lord took care of me. And that day, I cried out, Jesus, help me. And that's what I was told. They said, just say, Jesus, help me. And I did. And John slipped down beside me. And he was crying again, and I was crying, and they dismissed the church and let everybody out, and I was still down there howling and carried on. And uh, I was supposed to be back at a uh, place to play the piano that afternoon. It was a piano bar. And I showed back up, and they said, your plane's off. Why don't you go home? And I never went back. And then we got in a good Baptist Church, and they taught the Word of God. Uh, The women were really sweet to me. Uh, They taught me how to be modest. They taught me a lot of things that I needed to know. And uh, one of the ways they taught me is they gave me some clothes, and I needed clothes, and they were modest clothes. And uh, we began to have our children. I I would tell John many times, he'd say, well, do you love me yet? And I said, "Uh, no, but let's pray. And we would pray. And God put love between us. I don't know when it happened. But um, I had a Pentecostal neighbor lady that she, I I went across the street and I told her, I said, "I've I've got a problem. I really don't love John and I feel sorry for him because he's, banked on me and uh, I did have a sense of right and wrong and I felt like that it would be very wrong to leave him and he he was trying so hard he had told me he said I he said I'll treat you so good one day you'll love me and so I asked her I said could you tell me how to love my husband and she taught me how to love my husband And I won't go into all of it, but I'll tell you the first thing that she said to do was just act like it. And I said, well, isn't that faking? And she said, no, it's faithing. She said, by faith, you act like you love him. You uh, prepare yourself in the daytime and your babies. We began to have little ones very quickly. And we had our first three children in four years. And I poured so much love into those children, but... I wanted to love him, and I tried. I did respect him highly. He was the best Christian I'd ever known. And uh, anyway, one day, all of a sudden it hit me. I thought, I love this old boy. 
And uh, now it's been quite a while since those days, and we began to attend different meetings um, where the Holy Spirit was moving. And the first one we ever attended was in a house church in Waco, Texas. I, I think Gene Ewing had that uh, ministry down there in the house church. And we uh, attended that with another couple. They took us down there and it scared me and we left. We went and sat in the car. I said, this is too much for me. But uh, him too. And in the meanwhile, John went to uh, Bible college and he um, uh, began to minister. And then... uh, he he had heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and was asking the Lord to fill him. But in between two pews of our Baptist church, one evening, while we, uh, the pastor had us all down praying for revival and that was upcoming. And the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit with no one praying for me. I couldn't wait to tell John. And John got upset. He said I couldn't have anything he didn't have because... He'd got me saved, (laughs) but I knew that the Lord had saved me, and uh, so I went back to my little Pentecostal neighbor lady, and I said, what do I do? And uh, he he told me he would rather I did not pray in my prayer language in front of him, and so uh, that it made him nervous, and so I asked her what to do, and she gave me a prayer cloth with Acts 2-4 written on it. She said, put this somewhere where... He either sleeps or stands or sits. and So he was working at Dallas Power and Light Company at the, at the time. I just pulled up his work, uh, the inner sole of his work boot, and I put it in there and put Elmer's glue on it and glued it shut. And uh, I don't know how long it was he walked on that, but the morning he walked into our home shining like a neon light globe, I knew something had happened. And sure enough, he you see, he, he went to pray twice a week over at our church at 5 o'clock in the morning. And though at that time, you could leave the church doors open. And they had a prayer room there. And people would go and stop in and pray. And he was over there praying when the associate pastor came in and said, John, you know, I, Marcia told you what happened to her. And I told her she needed to be careful. She was going to ruin your ministry. And, you know, we took the Sunday school class away from her. I shouldn't have done it. Because I've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit now. Now I'm going to lay hands on you, John. And John started laughing at him. And he said, John, you've got too much pride. He laid hands on John. And John began to pray in his prayer language. And when he came in that house that morning and I saw his face, I said, you've received it. I can see it all over you. And the Lord took us a little at a time. We began to share our testimony, what the Lord had done for us. We began to tell other young couples that God could save their marriage if they would both just turn their lives in full surrender over to the Lord. And if he would treat her so good, she'd love him, that uh, he'd win her. And so uh, we just took what he had said to me. You know, Jesus told people, go tell what you've seen and what you've heard. And that's what we did. We didn't have, we weren't really brilliant or great scholars or we didn't know a lot, even though John had went to Bible school and and was in ministry, uh, we were somewhat limited in what we knew. But uh, he he really knew more than me. In fact, actually, he, he knew the Bible. So I depended on him. But when it came to prayer, he'd kind of help me, he'd kind of push me up said, would you help me pray? So uh, one of our neighbors, uh, neighborhoods, we uh, had 29 of our neighbors come to the Lord uh, over a five-year period of time. I never went out and knocked a door. They'd just show up at the door. And the Lord told me if I would have my house cleaned up and I would have my babies clean and ready and that I wouldn't be ashamed to open the door, that he'd send people to my front door because I wanted to do something for him. I wanted to do something for God. 
but I didn't know what to do. I didn't feel like I had any particular talent, and I didn't feel like I was anybody much, but I knew what he had done for me. And so women started coming to my house, and so on Monday mornings, I I just make a pot of coffee, and I bake something, and they come out, come in. And, uh, you know, I never realized that what I was doing would be the beginning of a ministry for women that has gone around the world now. It's... Uh, uh, done a great work in the in the states but it was when i began it was at a time when most women only about five percent of women were in the workforce at that time so we had a lot of women a lot of stay-at-home women and i'd hire a babysitter to help take care of our children and we'd meet together we'd pray together we'd have our coffee and maybe something to eat together and and uh we'd bring someone in maybe to share something with us Um, about that time I started visiting the Christian Center that was years ago before it was Christ for the Nations turned into Christ for the Nations and Sister Lindsay took me under her wing and she taught me to pray she'd take me in the prayer room with her and there were women that were in there uh, on Thursdays uh, who would come to pray and um, maybe it was on Wednesdays, I guess. And we were called the Friendship Sisters. I remember Kenneth Copeland's mother was one of those of the Friendship Sisters. And we prayed for him to get saved before he ever turned his life over to the Lord. He was away from God. And I remember when he was getting ready to go to ORU, he came and sang for us there and everything at the Christian Center. And so I would, this was in the 60s, and I was part of that. And uh, one day, Sister Lindsay said, uh, I'm going to catch a plane, Marcia. So I want you to, uh, because we would have a covered dish uh, once a month for women, and the women would bring their covered dish dinner and a lunch, and we'd all share with each other. And she said, uh, Marcia is going to take the prayer room and I almost choked I thought I'm going what am I going to do and then I thought about all the time she took me in there with her while she prayed with people and there was no one that could pray women through to victory any more than uh, Frida Lindsay and uh, I I go in there and we'd all we'd all go come out with our faces just wet and we'd been bawling and squalling, and we, we got many answers to prayer. But a lot of the women would come who were denominational women, like myself, and receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I remembered how she spoke and told those women what to do to open their hearts for God to fill them, to overflowing. And so I, when I went in there, there were quite a few women, and... Um, that day, every one of them received that came in, I just said what she said. I, I remembered her words, and I repeated as much as I could remember. And I found out it wasn't what we say, it's what God does. And so that, it, it just kept going on and on. And then we, we became a part of Beverly Hills Baptist Church. And um, Brother... Wait, so Marcia, let me ask you real quick. So you were involved in the Baptist church and being full of the Spirit and working in the gifts of the Spirit yes. then? And that was? That was in the 60s and 70s. And okay. I, I just had a desire to do something for the Lord, you know. And so whatever whatever was needed, I remember in the one Baptist, we were at Polk Street Baptist Church for a while, uh, for uh-huh. about five years. And in that church, John drove the church bus. I I taught a Sunday school class for young teenage girls and we did that uh, did the did those churches or that particular church did they believe in the gifts of the spirit and all that or that's just where you felt like God wanted well it? the pastor's mother uh, was spirit filled and I think she must have been praying for the pastor but he okay. he had you know he was kind of capped 
capping things. Uh, there wasn't anything going on too much, but that's where I received between those two pews there. Wow. And, uh, and there were two or three people that had received that went to that church, but uh, we were so hungry for God. I remember one time we... We heard about a, ch- a church after that after that experience with the Lord, and John had received in at that same church. Uh, I remember we heard about a church over in Pleasant Grove where the Spirit of the Lord was moving, and so we went over there. And uh, but we didn't want to get in too deep, you know. We just wanted to kind of see what was going on. And I remember our son was about four at the time, and. Uh, and we were headed home after we we would go over there when our uh, church didn't have church, and just because we were so hungry, you know. And I remember that my son David, uh, he said, "Well, Mama," uh, he said, "Something happened to me at that church tonight." And I said, "Well, what happened?" And he said, "Well, God threw me in the floor, and I've got the Holy Ghost." And I went, "Oh no, no, no." You you don't make fun of what God does, and he said, "No, Mama, God God gave me a gift," and I went, "Oh my word, what have we done?" But you know, we were so hungry for the Lord, and Brother Knatzer at um, at Beverly Hills Baptist Church used to send John and I out when they wanted a young couple to come and share with other couples. He'd say, "Would you kids go just share your testimony?" And so we did. And then uh, I I was a speaker two years for the Southern Baptist Charismatic Convention. I remember one time uh, the speaker before me took my time, and we were all supposed to stay on time. And uh, one of the things I learned is obedience. You obey those that if they give you a door open, you don't take more time or space than you're given. So I knew I would only have five or ten minutes. So I stood and and welcomed everyone and told them I was going to concede my time to the next speaker, who happened to be Colonel Ammerman. And he stood up and he said, uh, he came up to me and I said, you know, we we've got to keep our time going. And he said, the Lord spoke to me that you had the message for the hour. And he said, you take ten or fifteen minutes here. And you share what God has spoke to your heart, and then we're going to ask every pastor that has come that's ready to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit to go into the prayer room with Marcia. Well, word had got around that I love to pray with people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I, I just thank God for my mentors and the Lord that helped me to have that confidence to know that when I when I asked the Lord, He answered, and and that was a beautiful time. So anyway, I probably need to breathe and let you talk a minute. But uh, that well, you know, I, was, I, I I was just going to ask you, Marcia. You mentioned Christ for the Nations and one of the Lindsay family members. Did you know Gordon Lindsay? Lindsay? Oh, oh yes, oh yes, John. Really? And I okay. Went, yeah, John and I went to Israel with Gordon and Frida in 1971 and uh, had a tremendous time. We helped them take uh, things, uh, books and stuff to their daughter who was over there at the time. And uh, uh, we went with, they had a tour of about 40 people and we went on it and had a great time. Awesome. Well, that's, that's really fascinating. He's he's left a, a massive legacy. So that's, that's uh, really neat we that you were, were able to connect with them. Oh yeah, those were those were good. Those were wonderful days uh, when when we are we, we experienced some of the things that we're beginning to experience again. Even now, it's a it's a tremendous. It was a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit. In fact, at one point, I was so excited about the Lord and wanting to do something for the Lord. I had the first. Uh, uh, parade for Jesus downtown Dallas. <laughs> I can't believe I did it, but anyway, I decided to have a parade for Jesus, and and we had about three blocks full of people, and then after that, they had uh, Beverly Hills and a lot of other people put together one. They got inspired by it, and uh, they got. Uh, I remember Lulu Roman. She came to our church and given her heart to the Lord, and. Uh, 
Lou, in fact, Lou received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the back of our station wagon. Uh, John and I took her to her first two or three meet, meetings where she spoke and gave her testimony. So, you know, those those were wonderful, wonderful days. Uh, of, of, but again, we're seeing something similar but even stronger happening now. Uh, the Lord's doing an, uh, a completed, uh, we've come complete circle, and uh, he's beginning to pour his spirit out upon those who are hungry and those who have heard so much about those times, just like in the 70s, we had heard about the, the latter rain move. We heard about all these movements, you know, of the Lord, and we begin to be hungry. And every time when God's people are hungry, the Lord says he'll, he'll fill you. And uh, this is what's going on today, right now. We, we're in the midst of a great outpouring of the, of the Holy Spirit. Some people may not see it because they don't know where, where all is happening, but it's going on. So, Marcia, let me ask you this. So you talk about the hunger for God and the things of God. If someone doesn't have that hunger for God, but they hear these stories about, like, being filled with the Spirit and the moving of the Spirit and just the presence of God and all these things, if someone wants to develop that hunger in their life, what's the secret to that? Like, what is the key to really developing a strong hunger for the things of God? Oh, I believe it's surrender. The key is surrender. Just surrender yourself to the Lord. And you do that through prayer. Uh, you do that through fasting. Uh, these hard things come by prayer and fasting. That's, you know, it's a, it's, it'll be a little bit hard at first for them. So they just surrender themselves to Christ. And I, I would say get a prayer partner and have someone, or go to someone that you have heard uh, that can touch God and just ask them to pray with you. And, and watch what God will do. He'll create a hunger inside of you if, if you're ready. And uh, if you're not, don't worry about it. He won't bother you. You know, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. But he's, he's wanting to bring uh, those who are ready to, to the Lord. And uh, this is his, his job. Uh, I believe, uh, too, I get so excited. Uh, I, I witness, I, I, I guess if maybe I have something I really like to do a lot is to be able to share with people uh, one-to-one uh, about what God has done, not just way back when, but what he's done recently. You know, what has he done? In, and I get to thinking, what has he done in my life? What is it that the Lord has done that uh, someone asked me one time, they said, what makes you different? Why are you so different? I didn't know I was different, but I guess if you love God and you live for the Lord, you live and believe the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you allow the Holy Spirit to walk with you, you will be uh, termed a little bit different. And uh, yet, I think I'm I'm the most fun person around. I love life. I love people, and I love to enjoy a good laugh and and uh i love to see god's people be free and uh learn what what a wonderful uh god we serve he he has got to be the most beautiful experience that we could ever have in our life and uh so i i, I just love to share share the gospel i remember i, I told i told uh, the lord one time i said lord I'm a little bit, when it comes to things of the Lord, I'm bold, because I'm very sure about that. But uh, myself, I don't, I don't uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, 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 uh, I know who I am, and, and, uh, and so I just kind of uh, exalt the Lord, because I know, I know better that He's everything. So, I, but I said, Lord... Give me courage to be a witness for your glory. Uh, you know, going with John, I could share a little bit. Or, uh, uh, in fact, as our children grew up, they sang and in church, and they'd sang on radio and TV. And God used my kids. But I thought I would really love to be a witness for the Lord. And that's when I prayed, and the Lord brought them to my door. People would come to my door. 
looking for an address and wind up giving their hearts to the Lord. It'd be some, but I, I, uh, I begin to be invited to go places and share uh, about the Lord and minister a little bit. And so I said, Lord, the next time I get on an airplane, give me boldness to be a witness. I, I really want to be a witness for your glory. So I sat next to this man, and he asked me where I was going. And I told him, he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to speak. And he said, well, what will you speak on? And I, so I took a deep breath, and I said, Jesus. I'm going to speak about Jesus. And he said, Jesus, I love Jesus. I love Gouda. I love Longhorn, really good, and Baby Swiss. Oh, I love cheese. You know. And then he said, how did you get to know so much about Jesus? Well, he misunderstood what I said. And I looked at him, and my face flushed, and it had taken all I could do to say Jesus. <laughs> and so I thought, well, he asked. So I told him, and, and uh, it, it, he never said much more to me. But we've kind of laughed about that. You know, a lot of people want to talk about cheese, longhorn cheese, and also, but to talk about Jesus sets you apart and uh, will we'll, uh, cause you to... Uh, uh, people to notice that there's something different. I sat, I sat next to Tony Dorsett one time on an airplane. I didn't know who he was. And I was sitting there uh, in between he and a little boy, and this was when Michael Jackson had was had gone on his own and was singing. And so this little boy was chanting a bunch of his music. And so Tony Dorsett leaned over and said, isn't he good? And I said, well, uh, some of those words he's saying, I don't think a 10 or 11-year-old boy should be saying those words. He says, oh, you've got to be one of, and he cupped two fingers on both hands. He said, one of those. And I said, one of those what? And he said, you know, one of those Christians. And I said, sure I am. Well, uh, aren't you? Well, I didn't know who he was, you know. I said, aren't you? And he said, no, Mama is and sisters are, but not me. And I said, well, what's wrong with you? If your mama is and your sisters are, what's wrong with you? And he laughed at me. And um, so he said, uh, I, I'm going to have fun. And I said, man, I've had more fun than you can imagine living for Christ. And, and, uh, and he, he was sitting there drinking a screwdriver. Well, it was football season. He shouldn't have been doing that. And, uh, but I thought about it later. But anyway, he says, uh, oh, some man comes up and kneels down by him and said, hey, I'm a fan of yours, so-and-so and so-and-so. And they talked for a minute, and I leaned over. I said, are you supposed to be somebody? And he said, I'm Tony Dorsett. And I said, well, howdy doody. I said, who's that? <laughs> and he said, I'm a cowboy. And I said, well, I'm a cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> and I do a little yodeling, and I let out a little yodel. He said, girl, you're a trip. And anyway, um, so I said, well, let me ask you a question. Has Mama been praying that somebody would sit by you and, and pray for you and tell you about Jesus? He said, sounds like Mama. I said, well, give me your hand. We're not going to disappoint your Mama. So he said, are you going to save me? I said, man, I can't save anybody, but I know who can, but... I said, no, that's not what we're going to do. So I said, you just repeat this prayer after me. Lord, let me know you, not like Mama knows you, not like sisters know you, not like this woman knows you, but like you want me to know you. And so we prayed that together, and he said, you're a trip. Well, that was the end of that. We we touched down. He was going to open a chicken shack in San Antonio for his cousin at that point. So anyway, about... Two or three months later, I run into him again at the airport, at the filling station. He's buying gum and candy and all this kind of stuff inside. And I said, hey, remember me? He said, ah, the trip. <laughs> so anyway, he said, did you, come in, did you come in here to make my mama happy? And he put his hand out. And I had him repeat the same prayer. And, you know, it wasn't too many months later that he walked the aisle at Covenant Church and gave his heart to the Lord, he and his girlfriend. And I thought... I thought Praise I God. Thought yeah. So, you know, I, I love to be a witness and 
and just enjoy life and and do a few things that's unusual. I may not be real churchy about it, but uh, that's all right. That's that's uh, you know God uses us where we are and as we are. You know, Marcia, you have to tell the story about that Buddhist monk. Ah, the one in uh, around the first of March this year that I met at the airport. Yeah, you know, I love it. I lo- I think I need to write a book called Flying High, because I, I've I've witnessed so much at the airport and in planes, and uh, you know they can't get off. You get them on a plane, <laughs> and uh, but I, I I I promise you I'm not obnoxious, but I I I do try to be very careful and see if there's anything I can say that would help them in their quest for the Lord. <clears throat> and sometimes I do, uh, I am able to pray with people. But I, I was at the airport getting ready to go up to Illinois and do it. I was doing a t- telethon with TCT television, Total Christian Television. And and uh, I saw this monk coming in and I thought, hmm, I've never talked to a monk before, so... If he sits near me, I think I'm just going to visit with him and and see what the Lord might do. So he said there was nobody. I, I got there about two hours early, and I was sitting there in the um, uh, area where we were all going to be boarding. I was by myself, and he sits with one seat in between us. So I turn over to him, and I said, well, good morning. I said, uh you're a monk, and he kind of smoothed out his skirts and waved his hand over him. And I said, are you Buddhist? And he said, yes. And so I don't know why I said this, but I said, would you teach me to meditate? Now, some people are going to faint when they hear that, but I thought, you know, I've never been taught to meditate. And we think it's, you know, I just wanted to know how he meditated and I had to have something to talk to him about. So he said, uh, yeah, you want to know? I said, yeah, I know how to pray, but I've never been taught to meditate. I thought about David that laid on his bed and he meditated. I guess you lay there and think of God is all I could think of. But I said, could you show me how do you meditate? So he had a way to sit and he sat. And as he explained each thing, he he would set his feet a certain way and and. Uh, straighten his back and speak to his muscles and then he's sitting very straight with and he has his hands in a certain position and and so uh you know it was just he said this is it and I said well uh he said then you set your teeth together and you put your tongue at the back of the teeth. He he just was very, very kind, explaining how he does. And I thought about in the Old Testament when they, the the fire, remember the story about how that the false fire, the, there was the Christian bunch that had their fire, and then they were taking turns showing what they could do. <laughs> so he was showing me what he could do. And uh, I said, well, now when you... He said, you set your eyes straight out, and he said, you don't focus them. You just kind of look straight out, and you focus on nothing. And I said, well, do you think of heaven when you do that, or what do you think of? He said, oh, no, you get your mind free of everything. You think of nothing. You think of nothing, and that's meditation. And I said, well, I said, that's that's pretty nifty I guess but would you like for me to show you what I can do and he said yes so you know uh, in power and demonstration so I thought well I'd demonstrate and I said so keep your pose so you're very relaxed and he said okay and he's sitting up straight and he's got his hands folded and I said now you're going to repeat a prayer after me and he said okay and I led him in a sinner's prayer. And by this time, people are coming in, and they're very quietly listening. But do you know this monk was praying what I said? And he said, oh, this feels good. He said, after I, I, I took him through a prayer, forgive me where my, I have failed, and, 
and I went on and I confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I had him say, and I really mean it. And he did. I was amazed how hungry he was for reality. In fact, my eyes were opened to, uh, in a whole new way that I, it's very difficult to explain, but it was just as precious and smooth. And when we got through, he said, I've never felt such peace like this. And I said, that's because the Bible says he'll give you peace that the world cannot give to you. He said, oh, this is wonderful. I said, well, now you're ready for something else. I said, are you ready? He said, oh, yes, more of this. I said, oh, yes, there's more. God has more and more and more. I said, open your mouth, and I want you to let your voice come out. For the Bible says they speak as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. Now that you've asked Christ into your heart, the Word of God says he comes to live in you. And and that's the peace that you're feeling. And now you're going to release the Spirit of Christ that's within you. He who is resident can become president. And you're going to release that unto the Lord. Now open your mouth. He did everything I said without one bit of hesitation. I said, let your voice come out. Ah, and he did. Ah, I said, now let your tongue move, your teeth move, your lips move. And if anyone's even listening to this, they can do so right along with us. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and you're hungry for the Lord to fill you, you can do this very same thing. Just ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. He'll come not only from within you, but he'll come upon you. And that's his word. And so he opens his mouth and he begins to speak in syllables not like mine. He didn't sound like me. He wasn't mimicking me. And I kind of laughed. I said, this beautiful. You have now received a prayer language from heaven. He says, oh, this is wonderful. I said, begin to speak again on your own without me saying anything. And he did. And, um, and then I said, stop just a moment. I'm going to interpret what you just said. And I interpreted as being, since I was a young man, I have sought to know truth. Since I was nine years old, and I don't know, that just came forth. And he said, yes, since I was nine years old, I have sought to find God and to find and to speak with heaven. And then I said, speak again. And he began to pray in his heavenly language again. I said, all right, now stop. and Let me tell you what you're going to do. But before I tell you what you're going to do, where are you headed? He said, I'm going to a convention of Buddhist monks in Houston, Texas. And I said, don't tell anyone what you just did. And I don't know why I said that, but it came out and I thought, I remember when Jesus spoke and said, don't tell what maybe so it would not be taken away. But I said, when you get on the airplane, I want you to speak in your heavenly language and ask, after you speak, when you feel to stop, you stop. Get out a paper, a notebook and paper, a pencil. Do you have one? He said, yes. And you're going to write down what you believe is going to happen today with the monks, with your uh, uh, the people that you serve with. And there's going to be something that takes place today. And... When it happens, you're to look back at what you wrote, and it's going to be a sign that God wants to speak further to you and show you greater truths in the Word of God, in the Bible, than you've ever, ever dreamed possible. Will you do that? And he said, yes, indeed, and thank you so much. And he went scurrying to catch his flight, because it was his flight next. And so I laughed about that. I have never, uh, I, quite frankly, I, I think maybe I had subconsciously drawn my righteous robes about me. 
when I saw those who serve other gods. And the Lord began to open up a new window of thought to me that if we will look at people as people, not as what they're doing wrong, not as what we think they're doing wrong, but look at them as people and reach them heart to heart as people with truth, with what God has done for us, with what we know that we can share, that the Lord will do a great and mighty thing that we don't know anything about, that he'll take us and give us a new different testimony than we've ever had. Wow. You know, I've I've kind of learned in my life that it doesn't matter to, you know, if they're Muslim or Hindu or, you know, Christian or what. I speak to them all like they're Christian, and I talk to them all about Jesus like they already know Jesus until the point where they say, well, I'm not a Christian. And then I'm like what you said uh, to Tony, Tony Dorsett, you know, well, why not? Yes. You know, because it's, it's, it's not us that, that has mm-hmm. something wrong. It, it's, if they're not a Christian, you know, it's them. And it's, it's like, you know, this should be the greatest thing in every Christian's life. And they should be proud to talk to anybody about it. You know, Paul Harvey used to have a thing that he did on the radio called The Rest of the Story. Let me tell you the rest of the story about Tony Dorsett, which I think you'll find very interesting. Um, I I was on a Piedmont, I don't know if you remember Piedmont Airplane, but um, Midway, I think, bought them out at one point in time. But Piedmont... Uh, I was on a Piedmont flight to Ohio one day, and uh, when I got on the flight, the stewardess uh, that was at the door, uh, and we called them stewardesses in those days. I have to keep remembering to call them flight attendants, but she looked at me, and she said, you're a Christian. I can tell it, and I need to talk to you. I need to know how to be saved. Well, I have never had anyone that easily uh, speak to me about the Lord. And I said, most definitely. She said, what is your seat number? I'll be back to talk to you. Well, she comes back after she serves everyone. She, uh, she said, she stood beside me and we talked for a moment. She said, one of the flight attendants has been witnessing to me. And in fact, she's Tony Dorsett's sister. And she has been witnessing to me about Christ. And when I saw you, I just knew you were a Christian. She said, tell me how to be born again. And I told her, I, I told her, I said, to be born again, you, you uh, call upon the name of the Lord. I said, three easy steps. Call upon the name of the Lord. His name is Jesus. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Uh, you're the Son of God. Uh, you were uh, born of a virgin. Uh, you, you were raised on the third day. You were crucified on the cross, raised on the third day, and you're coming again for me. And then I said, then... Ask the Lord to forgive you of all your sins that you can, any that you can think of, just confess them. And as they come to you later, I said, uh, you can do that. You know, I found out it's easier to ask people just to come in, ask the Lord into their heart and then get cleaned up. Then let the Lord forgive them of all their sins. And so, and I said, and then the last thing, tell the Lord that you want him to put love in your heart for everybody, especially those you don't like. And she said, I can do that. And so right there, she gave, she prayed with, we prayed, and she had tears in her eyes. She said, oh, I can't wait to tell her. I said, well, you tell her this story. And I told her about sitting by Tony Dorsett. I said, you tell his sister that I sat beside him and I prayed with him on, on, the, on a flight that God would show him to him as he really is and she laughed she said oh I can't wait to tell her so I never heard the rest of that story but I, I thought you'd I thought you would like a little follow-up there isn't it fun what the Lord does oh it's awesome yes well there's a ton of stories that I could ask you to tell but 
maybe you should tell us a little bit about what's going on now in your life because we're going to have to come back and do some more interviews. There's so much... There's so much gold that you have to to give that uh, we're going to have to well, come back another time. You know, I I have found uh, uh, something very interesting. Um, you know, there are many different calls in life, and someone said, "What is your gift?" And I said, "Well, my gift is myself. I give myself to the Lord." No, no, what is it that God uses you to do? And I said, whatever's needed, that's, that's my gift. If, you know, if there's um, someone hungry, that's my gift. I can take them something to eat. Uh, maybe someone has felt that way. You know, they want to know what their gift is. And I know people take these uh, uh, courses that show you your gift and your spiritual gift and everything. But I found that it's so simple to serve the Lord. Whatever happens to be needed at the moment uh, and no one else is around, God can use you. God can use a, a person that is just submitted unto him. You know, uh, I know we have the uh, what is called the apostolic or the fivefold ministry, the apostle, he governs, the prophet guides, uh, the evangelist gathers, the pastor guards, the teacher uh, uh, grows people uh, up, in the, you know, and people, uh, some have those main gifts, but some, uh, they have may have just the gift of hospitality or uh, they may have the gift to just reach out and what I said a while ago from one heart just teach uh, reach another heart so I think that we major a lot on what gift we have uh, I have found that whatever gift we need if if or uh, whatever gift is needed if we would trust God and uh, just step up that he will use any of us for whatever needs to be done at that moment and i believe that the lord wants wants to be able to get us past uh ourselves so that we can see the lord when we see someone that uh has a a problem they're stressful or full of anxiety maybe they have low self-esteem Maybe they've got some addictions. Um, maybe they uh, are getting ready to go on a on a um, trip and just need traveling mercies. Maybe they're sick or in physical pain or emotional pain. And maybe they just need some wisdom and some spiritual protection. Uh, you know, eating disorders and legal dis- difficulties oppression, some people having nightmares, and then some have insomnia. They can't sleep at night, and they're fearful and and don't know what to do. But we can reach out and stand with people and believe God for different ones to be delivered and met at the point of their need. I, about 10 years ago, uh, you know, uh, time has gone on, and I shared way back from the beginning when John and I first met, 52 years ago. Now we've been married, and uh, uh, a lot of water has gone under the bridge. Since those days, uh, I've, I've traveled the world, and, and I found out that I could ask anything in the name of the Lord, and He would do it. After my children were grown, God sent me to many, many different countries, and and I've I've had the privilege of of uh, standing in some beautiful places for the Lord before people that are just absolutely wonderful, precious, precious folks, and taking the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, as the door would open. But I believe that. Uh, there is a day right now that is upon us where the Lord says, if you'll call upon me and I'll answer 
and I'll, he says, if you ask anything in my name, John fourteen fourteen, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And most of the time, we don't want to ask God too much because uh, we can't believe that he would really do it. But it's time to believe and receive, uh, regardless of the per- perilous times we're now living in. Uh, uh, we're all going through unexpected trials that are arising. But God wants to bless his people. He delights in answering the heartfelt cry and the unwavering prayers of those who will worship him, who will seek him, who will trust him. And that's why Jesus, when teaching the disciples about prayer, said, Ask, keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek, keep on seeking, and you'll find. Knock, and keep on knocking. The door will be open to you. We, we all need a breakthrough somewhere. We all want God to do something in our life. And I challenge you, you know, if you're hungry for God, if you want to see him do something uh, in your life, uh, know that he'll answer you. Hold on to his promises, and he'll answer what you ask in his name. And right now we're, we're, doing, uh, we're having meetings once a month out in Roy City. Uh, Roy City, Texas. It's four miles uh, east of Rockwall, Texas, and we're we're having meetings once a month uh, out there. If you, anyone's interested, let us know. Uh, you can uh, go to our our website. Actually, probably email would be better right now because we've got our website under revision. So when, the email, when does when does the meeting take place? Uh, on the first Sunday of every month at 2 o'clock in the afternoon so that those that have gone to church, we're, we do not meet during uh, church times, but we have a Sunday afternoon meeting where we, I'll tell you what, we just shout the victory. We have us a time. We see God. Uh, we give we give God glory. We worship him. We have a special speaker in and uh we just uh we just wait upon the lord and and uh enjoy the friendship and the fellowship so you're welcome to, you're welcome to attend anyone's welcome to attend and uh it's the first sunday of every month and we may you, be adding a saturday night to that now do you want to give us your email do you want to give us your email address that way uh if they need to get a hold of you they can all right. It's uh, my email address is my name, Marsha Kendall at marshakendall dot com. Now my name is spelled M A R C I A K E N D A L L. Marsha Kendall at marshakendall dot com. Love to hear from you. And uh, if there's anyone uh, that uh, you're you're going through some times of of uh, of uh, trouble, or if you're just absolutely uh, ready to praise the Lord, I'll tell you what, you don't have to be tro- uh, troubled to come, but uh, come and help join in, and and uh, we'll just shout the victory. Amen. Well, Marcia, thanks so much for coming on with us tonight, and I have to tell you, I'm really fascinated with the stories you're sharing, and you know, some of these earlier movements of the Holy Spirit, I believe what you're saying is true, that things are coming back around to those days that there's another move coming. And um, I think it's important to stoke the fire in people's in people's hearts about what God's going to do and what he's done in the past. And people are hungry. They want to know the truth, and uh, they need to be exposed to this type of stuff. So yeah. we definitely like well, to have I you come see. back again. Go ahead. Yes, it- it used to be that we sat around and we told, we shared these things, and some of your listeners have got wonderful stories of victory that they need to be sharing with their children and their their friends yes. to encourage them too. So I want to, I just want to put that in. And God bless you. Thank you for letting me come on tonight. Amen. Thank you so much. I'd like to. We'd like Good to talk to you, you for a minute off air, if that's okay. But uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up.